the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back. November 8th, 2021. I hope you all had a great weekend. Many of us liked the idea that when he was president... Ronald Reagan could go over the heads of the media, as it were, and straight to the American people via his televised and radio addresses and ability to communicate simply and clearly. Now, what do we say about a culture and politics that wants to go over the heads and responsibilities of parents, never mind common sense, to reach the children of this country? I thought I thought the Democrats got in trouble, got their you know what's handed to them. When their former chairman and candidate for governor said parents do not have the right to control their children's education. That evidently was a message that was promulgated in Virginia and evidently is to stay exclusively in Virginia. To wit, this morning, watching CBS, the story was that Big Bird of Sesame Street was getting a vaccine and explaining to children, average age, two and three, that they too should get the COVID vaccine. Now that it's available to and for them, having been available to and for them about a week, not even 60 minutes can put a story together on anything they're interested in that fast. Now, immediately one asks, what is it about the exigency that PBS and the Children's Television Workshop would rush so quickly to advocating and promoting a vaccine? And secondarily, why with a bird? There are humans on Sesame Street. And there are even Muppets who play humans. Well, if the science is irrelevant, even as every pronouncement from the likes of PBS and CBS and the federal government all come with their trademark in the name of science or follow the science. If the science is irrelevant, why not use anthropomorphized figures like large birds? I mean, Big Bird got a vaccine and said all he had was a little sting in his arm. Can I call Big Bird a he, by the way? But we all know, or at least the CDC knows, that birds do not actually need vaccines, as that same very CDC tells us, just as the Audubon Society tells us, birds do not get or transmit COVID, including everything from ducks to chickens. This is part and parcel of the vaccine insanity, which has infected more thought than COVID itself has infected bodies. An animal that is not susceptible to COVID is being used as a pincushion and, and megaphone to tell children that they need to do what the animal does. There's something deeply wrong about treating children like animals, but there's something equally wrong about lying to children. And worse, there's something very wrong about using our children to play out adult political games. Let's get this right, shall we? Start by asking an elementary question. Are children at risk from COVID? The answer is yes. They are at risk for a lot of things. 
out of a population of 73 million children in this country, 576 has succumbed to COVID, each with a comorbidity. That's seven ten thousandths of 1% of their population, not the population, their population. 0.0007% of children. The high estimates for children succumbing to the annual flu last year was double that number. The low estimates the year before were double that number. Now, understand there are a lot of things that take children's lives in our country, from accidents to suicides and drowning, all of which are statistically far more likely to take a child's life. And as soon as Sesame Street starts a message on drugs, that is other than how children can, can, can feel comfortable when their parent has a problem, I'll know they're serious about protecting children. After all, drug overdoses take five times the lives of children that COVID does. There are public policy inoculations for that, by the, by the way. This country just doesn't deploy them. So the question becomes, if children aren't that at risk from COVID, the panic pushers tell us, well, they can spread COVID, thus the need to vaccinate them. But despite what Dr. Charles Barkley tells us, that the vaccine arrests the spread of COVID, simply it is not true. Let's go to the videotape or the science. From the CDC website, a page titled, quote, Science Brief, COVID-19 Vaccines and Vaccination, close quote, we learn, quote, vaccinated people can still become infected and have the potential to spread the virus to others, close quote. Oh, please recall the whole point of Joe Biden and Anthony Fauci changing their minds on taking masks off because of the vaccine. As they said in May of this year, we all could do. That was because they then realized, oops. The vaccine does not, in fact, stop the spread. Vaccines protect only you and only you from more dire consequences if you get COVID. They do not stop transmission or spread. To quote another CDC website titled, quote, key things to know about COVID-19 vaccines, close quote, this Quote, to maximize protection against COVID-19 and prevent possibly spreading it to others, you should wear a mask indoors in public if you are in an area of substantial or high transmission, even if you are fully vaccinated, close quote, most of the country being in those substantial or high transmission areas. When there was pushback against the administration for telling us masks were necessary again post-vaccine, the CDC released a study to calm and soothe the naysayers. This was in July, and it examined 469 COVID cases in a population that was 75% fully vaccinated. Five people were hospitalized, four of those five all also fully vaccinated. I can do this all day, but just one more CDC page while I still have your attention. It's titled, quote, when you've been fully vaccinated, close quote. And it says this in hack verba, quote, if you are fully vaccinated and become infected with the Delta variant, you can spread the virus to others, close quote. Or perhaps more clearly on a CDC page titled, quote, the possibility of COVID-19 after vaccination, Close quote. We read, quote, people who get vac who get vaccine breakthrough infections can be contagious. Close quote. 
Charles Barkley and Big Bird seem to know better, or at least more, or at least differently. So too does CBS. So yes, children universally must now get shots with about a year's worth of evidence in a relatively new formula authorized for emergency use to protect them against something that won't harm them without severe extenuations and won't stop them from spreading it to teachers and parents. And shame those that oppose this. Why not require all the children on Sesame Street, which is in New York City, especially this time of year, why not require they all wear hats and sunscreen because some people get heat stroke, particularly in Arizona and Texas? Still, CBS, among others, have to get in on the act of public shame, too. Describing this story about Big Bird this morning and some who pointed out out its absurdity, like Senator Ted Cruz. One of the hosts of the CBS Morning Show said, quote, I just don't think we should make this political, close quote. That was a criticism of Big Bird and Sesame Street's criticism. It was a criticism of the criticism. An interesting tactic we need to be aware of and recognize. The new game goes like this. Say something highly political. And when someone responds, blame them for initiating and catalyzing the politicization. The next time a country decides to bomb Pearl Harbor and we respond, we shall be guilty for initiating the war. What do I mean? Well, there's the basic common sense and science of it. There are more questions about the long-term consequences of vaccinating children than there are about COVID risks and transmission from children. There is more evidence to show children under 10 do not spread COVID than there is to show vaccinating children is in any way a good idea. But again, we, via the public broadcasting system, are now using fake animals to instruct three-year-olds to engage in this experiment. And those who oppose it are politicizing a dangerous disease. Just as Abraham Lincoln was responsible for gun violence at the Ford's Theater. We may need a new vaccine altogether to help prevent emesis when we hear the likes of the CBS morning crew. In August of last year, Joe Biden running for president said this about Donald Trump speaking about the imminence of the vaccine. Quote, here's Joe Biden. Quote, people don't believe that he's telling the truth. Therefore, they're not at all certain they're going to take the vaccine. And one more thing. If and when the vaccine comes, it's not likely to go through all the tests that need to be done and the trials that are needed to be done, close quote. That, of course, wasn't political in a political campaign, right? That was just science talking. In September last year, Joe Biden running for president said this, quote, The enormous pressure put on the FDA to say they're going that the following protocol will in fact reduce and will have a giant impact on COVID. All these things turn out not to be true. And when a president like Trump continues to mislead and lie, when we finally do, God willing, get a vaccine, who's going to take that shot? Who's going to take that shot? You going to be the first one to say, put me, sign me up. They now say it's okay. I'm not being facetious, close quote. That, of course, wasn't political, right? He, along with then Joe Biden, along with then Senator Harris, said a lot more like that as well last year. You ask, how did this virus become politicized? Try this in October of last year. At the last debate between Joe Biden and Donald Trump, Joe Biden said exactly this, quote, 220,000 Americans dead. 
If you hear nothing else I say tonight, hear this. Anyone who is responsible for that many deaths should not remain as president of the United States. Close quote. That, to Joe Biden, was the most important thing he said in that debate. He told us that. If you hear anything else, hear this. Well, was that politicizing the virus or any part of it? 375,000 Americans have died with or from COVID since Joe Biden has become president. And by the way, with a year's worth of knowledge on COVID, unlike his predecessor, that is to say, 220,000 was impermissible and disqualifying for Donald Trump. What do we say about someone with 155,000 more deaths than he who was unqualified and 155,000 less deaths? In other words, today's dispensation is this. The guy who said 220,000 deaths was was disqualifying has presided over a 252% increase in mortality from that. And we all just accept he should remain as president, even though that was his criterion for disqualifying at 252% less deaths. I suppose pointing this out is to politicize. So let us not then politicize. Let us take Sesame Street seriously. A bird which can't get COVID is telling children who don't suffer much from COVID they should do that which won't stop them from spreading COVID. And anyone who thinks children should not be used to suffer the political war games of adults is politicizing the issue. Over these will-o'-the-wisp lurches and erratic mandates and experiments, children and families are now shaming each other as never before. And suffer the children do. Due to COVID mitigation strategies, emergency department visits for mental health rose by 24% for children aged 5 through 11 and 31% for children aged 12 through 17. In addition, emergency department visits for suspected suicide attempts increased nearly 51% among girls aged 12 to 17. Children are far more, far more likely to be in a hospital for mental health issues related to COVID than for being there because they have COVID. Jonathan Swift once put it, I never wonder to see men wicked, but I often wonder to see them not ashamed. I do too. Shame on CBS, shame on Sesame Street, and shame on all those who, as Hannah Arendt put it, use our schoolyards to play out the political arguments of adults who use our children to satisfy their politicizing. How did Bob Dylan put it? It ain't me, babe. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show, 602-508-0960 is the number. As many of you uh, or regular listeners know, I am quite passionate about messages our children receive, how society treats children, Um, and it really started a long time ago, a long time ago. But when I was telling a friend of mine here about Big Bird now being used on Sesame Street to promote vaccines for young children and that if you oppose it as one of the hosts on cbs said this morning you're politicizing the issue just go get the vaccine 
I don't know why we have to make Big Bird the enemy. We didn't put Big Bird in play. We didn't put children in play. And it's an interesting thing that the culture which thinks parents don't have a say-so in their children's education are now driving a wedge between children that and parents where they think maybe a vaccine isn't the right choice for them based on the data and the messaging children are now getting from Sesame Street contra that decision by the parents and the family itself. A friend of mine was talking to me about what would Fred Rogers say. What would Fred Rogers say? His consumption, his consuming interest being the mental health of children. I think he'd probably stay out of it, to be quite honest with you. I don't think he'd be encouraging this. I don't think he'd be encouraging something that gives children fear, that is untested, and that the science is very shaky on, with only credible reporting going in one direction. What direction is that? Well, as the Wall Street Journal put it, just today, just today, quote, as U.S. health authorities expand use of leading COVID-19 vaccines, researchers investigating heart-related risk linked to the shots are exploring several emerging theories, including one centered on the spike protein made in response to vaccination. They're all guessing. They're all Still guessing, or as that one advisory doctor to the FDA who did ultimately vote to approve the vaccine for children, we have to get it into children to see what will happen. That's the level of science and confidence you are shaming those of us for countermanding, countermanding or at least criticizing. That's your basis of science. Fred Rogers um, he spoke an awful lot about children's health, mental health conditions, an awful lot. And I got to tell you, when you look at the pictures that they're showing of children in masks getting shot in the arm, shots in the arm, and you don't know whether they're laughing or whether they're screaming, I'm going to guess most of them aren't laughing. Just a guess. Just a guess. And to the degree we make children scream more and more or put them in apprehension or shame against one another, the more mental health emotional prob and emotional problems you are creating for these children. I've addressed before this famous French writer who said, like Saturn, all revolutions eat their children. Keep that full sentence in mind. Like Saturn, comma, all revolutions end up eating their children. You know why he put, like Saturn, the Roman mythology, mythological figure? Because Saturn ate his children based on the fear that the children were going to overthrow him someday. A society that is afraid of its children, a society that takes all children and treats them like the children of the corn, is a society of abusing children. I've never been more serious about a point. We are abusing our children, and it must stop.
Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. 34 past the hour brings us John Dombrowski from Grand Canyon Planning Associates. He comes to us with our culture and economy update every day at this time. He also has his own radio show, The Word on Wealth, heard here every Saturday morning at 7 a.m. GrandCanyonPlanning.com is his website. J.D., happy Monday. Happy Monday, Seth. How are you? Fantastic. Thank you. There's this um, there's this series of series. There's there's a slew of new series on cable about big families and big corporations. Some publicly held, some privately held, and occasionally, John, you see them talking about what class of shareholders thinks this, uh-huh. and should they sell stock back to them or take stock back. Could you talk to me a little bit about that? Talk to me about what it means when companies buy back their own stock or like in the news today, someone like Elon Musk is talking about selling more shares of his test. Can you can you give me a primer on all this? Well, what's good is you get two sides of the story there. We're talking about, say, Elon Musk today, who is going to be selling some of his own shares. Um, he has a unique arrangement with the company Tesla, and that was if he hit certain – uh, key uh, metrics of the business that he would get stock options in the company. And by getting these stock options, he would basically get these uh, options in the company at a certain price. And I believe the price he was going to get these options for were at $5 a share, as an example. And, of course, the stock today is trading just under $1,200 set. Mm. And the number of shares that he was going to get were, were in the millions. And his, they estimated the value of this to be about $30 billion, with a B, dollars. And so in a case such as his, if he takes these uh, options, he's got to pay tax on them <laughs> at the current value. So he's going to probably be selling these shares uh, into the market, and we saw the stock go down in value today. And what's interesting uh, interesting is he's going to have to pay about $15 billion in income taxes when he sells these. So, again, when people say that the rich aren't paying taxes, here's a perfect example where somebody who is very wealthy will be paying some taxes in the amount of about $15 billion. But because of these shares coming out, the stock dropped today. But on the other side of it, if a company were to buy back shares, Seth, one of the benefits when a company buys back their own shares is is that they actually take those shares off the market, and there's less shares now that are offered in the public market, which actually increases the value of individual stock. So um, there's two sides to this. A company may buy back the stock for purposes of wanting to control more of the company, right? They own more of the stock. Or maybe there's a way for them to take money that they have just sitting in an account, buying back those shares and thinking that that's going to be better for the company overall to own more shares. So there's a variety of reasons for it. I don't know if that answered your question or not. And there's a lot of information in there. No, it does. It does. And then and then there's this other thing that comes up occasionally, and it's not necessarily related to corporations buying their stock or selling uh, their own shares of stock, but it's the notion of a stock splitting. Oh, I wonder if you splitting. might address yeah. that. Sure. And again, Tesla could be a perfect yeah. example of that. Apple, another one where the stock price gets to a certain level right now at uh, almost $1,200 a share for 
uh, in this case Tesla, and the last time they split uh, stock, I think the, the shares were around 500 or $600 a share, and they did a five or a four-for-one split. I forget exactly what it was, but it brought the share price down to the $100 range, as an example, which uh, is maybe a little bit more affordable for certain people, but also it, it opens up the ability for uh, fund, mutual fund companies or uh, exchange-traded fund companies now to be able to put that in their portfolio, whereas when the price is very high on some of these stocks, it's difficult for some of these funds to maybe include that into their portfolios if they'd like to do so. Okay. All right. Uh, John, it's it's an interesting thing because uh, uh, while a lot of people are, you know, learn about this through, you know, through 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 means entertainment or means social, I um I, I had to stop and, and, and kind of check myself from what I remembered growing up and learning about the stock market. And I, I had forgotten a lot of these elementals, and I really appreciate yeah. you doing it again. Well, there's a lot of them out there, no question about it. Thank you. And again, if anyone out there, any of the listeners do have any questions about these things or want to review their portfolio, they can reach me at my website, GrandCanyonPlanning.com. Securities and advisory services offered through Client One Securities LLC, a member of Finman Sipic, and an investment advisor, Grand Canyon Planning Associates LLC, and Client One Securities LLC are not affiliated. Much thank appreciated. You, yes, thank you, sir. Thank I you appreciate that. you. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine six zero is our number. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Mike is in Maricopa. Hello, Mike. Yes, good afternoon, Seth. How's things on that side of the microphone? Really good. How about on yours? Um, got you five by five over here. I love it. Uh, you must know radio. Uh, just a tad. Yeah, five by five. I get it. Uh huh. There you go. I got you Lima Charlie. Uh huh. There you go. Perfect. There you go. There you go. Okay. Um, I'd like to say something about Veterans Day coming up here, and I'll try to be really brief. I know we're kind of pressed for time. No, here. we're fine. Go Number right ahead. Veterans deserve the time, and I'm happy to let you say whatever you'd like. Okay, very good. This is a public service announcement, and it's at least a three-pronged approach to what we're viewing here. Number one, I'd like to thank all the people of Maricopa for turning out for the Veterans Day parade that we had this weekend. It's uh, very heartwarming that there are people out there that really appreciate the sacrifices of the veterans. Um, number one, obviously, Veterans Day is coming up here in the, the middle of the week. I think it's Thursday, 11th of the 11th. Right. And also, uh, Usually the VFW has what they call their Buddy Poppy Drive, and that's going to be this weekend for Maricopa. And the funds are kept locally, so it's not going to be sent in for distribution to the headquarters and all that stuff. And the money is kept here, and that's to help the veterans and in need. It's not to be used for operations, and it's going to be paid directly to, like to say, for a car repair or for rent or for electric. So it's not like somebody comes in and says, hey, I need a 100 bucks for something, and then they go spend it on something else. They find out what the plumber needs and what the needs of the veteran is, and that money is paid directly to the service providers. 
so there's no hanky-panky. So I would really like to uh, appeal to uh, the people of Arizona to when they see the veterans out here with their buddy poppy drive and they're giving out the, the, puppy, the poppies, it has to do with Flounders Field and World War One, and I'm not going to go into that. It's a fairly easy story to look up, but that's the history. So the history of that goes back at least 100 years, and you get a poppy, and if you throw it a little bit into the cookie jar, it's really appreciated because it helps. The money stays here locally. Uh, the second uh, prong of my approach is here. Uh, this is an appeal to my fellow veterans out there that have been in the military or been deployed into combat zone. Please, please join the VFW and join the American Legion because when the numbers grow and then the lobby goes to Congress to get veterans benefits like uh, the GI Bill for education and stuff, then they have bigger numbers to appeal. So if you've been sitting on the fence wondering, well, you know, it's I'm not so sure and everything, please join the Veterans of Foreign War or the American Legion. It, it's The numbers are what really counts for when Congress looks at lobbyists. And, you know, I see a lot of this stuff where people come up and shake your hand and say, thank you for your service. And I'd like to say, if you really want to thank me for my service, vote for politicians that are going to put veterans ahead of illegal aliens. Mm -hmm. And that's and that's what I've got to say. Seth, I thank you. I thank you very much for your devotion and your time to uh, veterans' issues and causes. And God bless America, and God bless our veterans. And pray for them that they've been out there. They've been out there for us. And what, no matter what your feelings of about, well, we shouldn't have been here, we shouldn't have been there. But you know what? They went there. They went there for all of us. We went there for all of us. And at some time, maybe in one one day out of the year, if you would cast aside your, well, I'm not so sure stuff, and, you know, rally behind it and, and go shake a veteran's hand and say thank you. Mike, that's beautiful. That's just beautiful. Can I address a few things you mentioned? One about this notion over, well, maybe we shouldn't have been that notion, which exists in, uh, in 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 pro proliferating uh, proli proliferating um, instances, examples, I hear it more and more all the time. Let me say something about those controversial wars uh, that people now look back on in hindsight and um, and think differently about than at the time. There's a lot to be said about them, but one thing that is eminently true about all of them is wherever U.S. servicemen were stationed, servicemen and women were stationed in whatever war zone, in whatever battlefield, wherever they were, good war, bad war, controversial war, or non. The citizens of those countries, the citizens in country where our troops were, they were freer for that period of time and had more individual rights and liberty for that period of time when American soldiers were there, even if it collapsed once they left, as in Afghanistan or as in South Vietnam. The American soldier, the American presence meant more freedom and more individual rights, at least for the little bit of time 
that the man and woman wearing the American uniform was there. Let me put it to you another way. If you live in some God-forsaken country and you're praying for some troops to relieve you of your condition and you see some coming over the horizon, you're praying that those troops are carrying the American flag. Those are the troops you're hoping come. That's the country you want there. And so to all the men and women I'm with you, do you want to tell them all why you mentioned poppies? Well, it dates back. There was a Canadian officer. I think he was yep. a medical officer. Yep. Yep. But a- after uh, Flanders Field, yep. and it was decimated, and then the poppies grew up there, and that has become a symbol of those uh, sacrificed for our country. I'm sure if you could just go into the internet and oh, yeah. type in the poppies at Flanders Field and uh, you'll be able to get that or the history of the buddy poppy but it does really mean a lot when people come up and you're out here at uh, outside of a grocery store or a big box store and some people are they look a little confused they awkward they don't no. know what to say right. but uh, they we, we don't bite we're here to help we've served our country and there's been a lot of people that have come back broken and shattered and wounded and everything. And we need to really pray as a country for those people that are willing to step up. You know, there's different numbers. People say, oh, it's a 1% or it's a 3% of the American yeah, yeah, population yeah. Right. that have even joined the military. Now we obviously know that, you know, if you're one year old, you can't join the military. And so that that's the 3%. But if you get up there to the 18-year-olds, that boils down to about 1%. You have 1% of the people that have actually join the military, and then about another 1% that have ever been deployed to a combat zone. So God bless America. God bless our veterans. And love them and thank them. And God bless Seth. You bet. And God bless you, Mike. And thank you for your service. And all God bless Sesame Street as soon as they start encouraging young people to consider our military, too. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Where am I going to next? Rob and surprise. Hello, Rob. Oh, hi, Seth. Hope you had a great weekend. Um, I'm totally on board with uh, Mike's comments that he just uh, spent the last few minutes talking about. Um, I am a life member of the VFW, and uh, my dad also was. And when I was growing up in Wisconsin, there were Buddy Poppy uh, things going on, and we always wore them. And I think, actually, on this show, I may have actually uh, recited the poem of uh, Flanders Fields uh, a year or two ago. I don't really remember. Um, But I, uh, as you probably know, uh, they just christened a ship called the USNS, not USS, but USNS Harvey Milk. Yes. Um, This came out in uh, 2016 uh, under Secretary of the Navy Ray Mabus who, uh, well, (laughs) let's just say that uh, he would epitomize political correctness and was a standard uh, swamp kind of guy. Meanwhile, uh, and this is an oiler. It's not a a battleship or a destroyer or anything like that. This is a fleet oiler that comes out and replenishes ships 
uh, when they need fuel to refuel and keep doing their thing. But, um, you know, call me crazy, but um, there's other Oilers that Ray Mavis also had named, uh, USS Earl Warren, USNS, I'm sorry, uh, USNS Earl Warren, Robert Kennedy, Lucy Stone, Sojourner Truth, uh, Medgar Evers, Cesar Chavez. And, you know, call me crazy, but I'm thinking that when I consider there were over 71 Navy SEALs killed in the global war on terror, um, you know, and then you had Chris Kyle, uh, Michael Murphy, who won the Medal of Honor. He was the lone survivor. And the other guys that didn't survive, Danny Dietz and Max Axelrod, um, I'm just kind of. Oh, and by the way, um, people forget, too, not only did Harvey Milk get assassinated, but George Moscone did, too. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so, you know, so why didn't they name a ship after him? I don't know. But, it, you know, you do I'm know. thinking, too. You do know. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I do know. Yeah. yeah, this all happened again. Back there are certain in, deaths uh, that are more important than others. Yeah, and this is un- unacceptable. Um, they ought to be naming ships after warriors, and uh, Navy warriors in particular, Chris Kyle, or even Martin Luther King, for God's Take a look sake. at a piece you want to get even angrier. I don't mean to be in the business of making you angrier. <laughs> oh, but, I, I'm, I'm good. Okay, if you can handle it, go to City Journal. You know the great publication of the Manhattan Institute, city-journal.org, and check out an article titled Drinking Harvey Milk's Kool-Aid. Drinking Harvey Milk's Kool-Aid at City Journal. You read that, and I'll just say, as Forrest Gump did, that's really all I have to say about that. We'll be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.